Photo Mum, a weekly show from an award-winning business owner, sharing business advice and experiences. The raw, the real, and in some cases, damn right dirty. In business, it's not about what you deserve, it's about what you believe. Believe in yourself and the rest will fall in line. Photo Mum. How do you like my intro? It's a pretty cool intro, I think. So I wanted to start this podcast at the very beginning. And we're talking when I was 15. And I think it's important to start the journey from the place that you got grit, the place that you really discovered what things were really about. So I gave birth at 15 years old. And when I say that out loud at 44, 15, my son's 29 years of age. That is just ridiculous. <laughs> so I was 15 when I had my son. And I think it's fair to say, and he won't mind me saying this, it was not a planned pregnancy. He wasn't unwanted. He was just not planned. And with most things, unplanned can sometimes be the best thing that ever happens to you. So, yeah, 15 years old, I gave birth to my son. And I wasn't promiscuous. You know, I wasn't a slapper. You know, those groups of girls that, you know, everyone talks about. It was a bit of a shock. It was a, a massive shock when the rumours, the rumour mill hit at my school. <gasps> Katrina's had a baby. Who? Katrina? What? Are you kidding me? Even my teachers were shocked. So let's just set the scene. It was March 2000. Sorry, 2000. <laughs> Getting my days wrong. So it was March 1993. I was 15 and my birthday, my 16th birthday was in the July. And... My exams were due in, my exams, I think, were May, June time. And I was revising and, and stuff for those. So I gave birth to my son in the March and I had revision ahead of me and I had my GCSE exams. <laughs> so you can imagine being a mum at any age, knowing that you've got exams and, and stuff coming up. It's pretty hard going. But then when you're that age and you've got life ahead of you as well it's not just exams it's everything now I was in a position where I didn't disclose my pregnancy and so only a few people know, knew I had him so I could have given him up for adoption but I chose not to and I was in the hospital I remember both him and I were not very well after I'd given birth. And I was in the hospital and I was I was in the ward with all these other women that had given birth and they had all these balloons saying congratulations and the dads were coming to visit and I just sat there and I just watched. And I'm not quite sure now, reflecting back on it, what I was feeling at the time. It wasn't jealousy, it wasn't loss, it was just... I'm not sure. I was just watching and observing 
And I thought, God, these really people are really happy to have a child. And here's me kind of not sure how to feel. And my nan came to visit. And you can imagine it was a whole shock for the whole family because I didn't tell anybody. And my nan sat on the edge of the bed. And I remember this really well. And my grandfather was there. My grandfather's quite a... a um, militant his ex-army kind of thing and he's he's quite stern and I remember thinking oh my god he's gonna be so mad with me he's gonna be so disappointed and he turned around to me and he said you've made me a great grandfather and I thought what where's this come from what okay and I was kind of in the mindset that I was actually going to give Stephen up for adoption to start with I've got to be honest I was kind of thinking no I'm going to give him I'm going to give him up because I've got my exams on the corner I I want this huge career and as I said I was watching these parents these fathers coming to visit their babies and the mums and and I thought to myself hmm I don't know I don't know how to feel about this and my nan sat at the edge of the bed on on day two or three after I gave birth to him and she said to me, this baby's coming home with us. Does, I don't care what happens. He's coming home. And she said, if I have to look after him and raise him until you're ready, then that's fine. So I kind of felt, I reflected on what she was saying. I thought, well, I want my career and I want this and I want that. But it was kind of nice to have their acceptance. It was nice to have my nan say, whatever happens, we've got your back. So that was really important. Um, and I love her forever for that. So, yeah, so I sat there and I thought, mm, what do I do with myself now? Like, oh, my God. So, needless to say, Stephen came home with us. And not one day do I regret that decision at all. I think if I'd have given him up, I think I would have spent every single day wondering what he looked like, how he grew up his first day of school, his first words, you know, all those milestones that you get to appreciate when you raise your own children. But the big thing for me was I thought, okay, I've made a bit of a mistake. I've fallen pregnant. I've had a baby. This is not Stephen's fault, this mistake. But he's not a mistake. The pregnancy was not planned. But he himself was wanted and I think that's the most important thing. And growing up and him growing up, that's a lesson that I've tried to pass on. We all make mistakes, but it's what we do after that is the true telling of a human being. So the boy came home, my little Stephen, and my bundle of joy. But I had exams ahead of me. So that was quite an interesting time. I was dealing with all these emotions and changes and this demanding baby because <laughs> he was a little bit demanding but I've had two other children since then who are even more demanding so when I reflect back he wasn't that bad so I got through my exams and that was the most important thing and the next step was well I really wanted to go to college but I couldn't really because you know there was no back then there wasn't really any nurseries attached to colleges or anything like that there wasn't really much support for mums like me so I lived at home for another year and I got myself some part-time cleaning jobs and 
did waitressing and various other bits. So I was earning a little bit of money. And then I decided actually I needed to earn more money, but I also wanted to go back and study. So by the time I was 17, I'd moved out of home. I was living in my own little flat, earning a little bit of money. And by the time I was 18, that's when I enrolled in college. And I had this really lovely interview with a lady and she was saying to me, well, you know, these are the options available to you. What do you want to study? So I went through all the options and I didn't come out of school with bad grades, but they would have been a bit better if I'd have focused and not been, you know, trying to raise a baby whilst I was trying to revise. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Anyway, so we chose my options and I went back to, to college. Well, I started college, should I say. And that's where my journey began. So I was working part time. I was raising my son and I was studying. And I do, looking back, I do not know how I did all three. And I was a single mum. I was raising my son all on my own, living on my own. And I got through it. And I, I, I remember having kind of barely any money, but I, I managed to still have a bit of a social life. And my other friends would babysit whilst I could go out. And I didn't go out often, but, you know, once or twice because you need that break. But I remember when I was meeting people at the school gates when Stephen started going to school and when I was meeting people at college, I'd always lie about my age. I'd always say I was two or three years older than what I was because I was embarrassed about the stigma. You know, I thought if people knew that I had a child at 15, they would have a really bad opinion on me. And at that point, at that age, it really mattered what people thought. I mean, now not at all but back then it, it really did matter what people thought of me because I felt that I had to be this certain thing um, and I thought that 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 would take me away from being that certain thing but anyway moving on from there so I got through college and still working part-time and cleaning and waitressing and various other jobs whatever jobs I could get my hands on I did and and I got through it and I went to college and did my degree and then I got a big girl's job. This was a bit scary. So Stephen was seven, eight, eight and I got my first big girl's job in London. That was really awesome. I was kind of headhunted for this position. I went and uh, started up this project and I managed to sort my childcare out. It was just amazing and I started this job in London and my legal career started there so Stephen was such a mature nine-year-old eight nine-year-old he was so mature for his age and like my daughter now <laughs> I look at her she's the same age as Stephen was when I started in London and she's nothing compared to him he's he was so on it at, at eight nine years old and I'm so proud of him and it wasn't until, I don't know, I got to my late 20s that I started to be honest about how old I was when I had my first child. Because I no longer felt, I didn't care what people thought. When I got to my end of my 20s, I didn't really care. I started to go through that period where I knew who I was and it took me a long time to understand who I was. And I think that's because I had a really good grounding. I had a really good job. I had a really good support network behind me I mean don't get me wrong it wasn't easy being a single mum and it wasn't easy not having a lot of money but I got through it and 
I also want to point out that Stephen didn't really want for much. He was a really good child, as in, you know, that Christmas list you give the child your Argos catalogue back in the day when you used to give them the Argos catalogue. And you'd say, what would you want for Christmas? And Stephen would say, well, whatever Santa could afford. And I said, well, you know, family buy you presents as well. So you can write a list that you'd want for presents from family too. And he used to go through the list and he'd find things that were five, ten pounds. And I'd say, well, you know, you can you can put 20 pounds or maybe 30 pound presents on that list. He said, oh, are you sure? Do you think you could afford it? And it was so humbling that Stephen that you know from the age of I don't know seven to 12 13 did that so it's really really nice looking back it's a little things but he was so good but he didn't want for anything he he was a very good child and very patient with me and he always saw me studying and working hard and but obviously I I was also there for him I was there for him for his plays and you know did the mum bit at the weekend and I didn't really have, it's quite interesting, I don't didn't have the mum guilt back then. But as an older mum, gosh, that creeps in on you. And I think it's because when you're younger, you're a younger mum, just reflecting on me as a young mum and, and me as an older mum, it kind of didn't enter my head into feeling guilty about not spending time with Stephen I had somebody to pick him up from school and, and, and take him to school. But I was there for him in the evenings and I was there for him the weekends. So I didn't feel like any guilt in that regards because I was striving for something bigger for the both of us. And I explained that to him, to him constantly that you know, this is what mummy's trying to achieve and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stephen's going to come in on part two of this podcast um, next week to give you his reflection of how it was to have a young mum and then I guess also it'd be nice to get some feedback from him and how he sees me with his brother and sister so just to kind of jump forward I had Thea and Bonson later on in life so (laughs) Stephen was 20 years of age when I had my daughter Thea (laughs) and then he was 22 when I had Bronson, my last born. So on reflection of of looking at being a young mum versus an older mum, I think it'd be good to get Stephen on the programme to talk about how it was then, how our relationship is now and how he sees me as as an older mum looking, I suppose, on the outside in. But going back to the the feeling of having to fib about my age and and worrying about what other people think, you know, I it was it's, it was hard because I always believed in myself. I always believed that I could achieve something bigger or better than what I was doing at the time. So I was always striving for something, and Stephen saw that grit and determination in me growing up so I think it's a very good lesson for your children to because we, we kind of grew up together you know I was a young mum I was 15 so I still had a lot of growing up together to do and we did that together we grew up together he definitely gave me that thick skin he gave me that determination to 
be bigger and better than what I was because I think it could have really gone the other way. So I think that's an important lesson is is the whole grit and determination and drive. I was never lazy. I was always determined and Stephen always saw that growing up. So I'm, I'm you know, people say to me quite often, would you go back if you could change anything would you go back and up until about two years ago there were elements of things that happened that I thought yeah maybe I would go back and change that but in the meantime I've met loads of mums that have had many a struggle for various reasons because I think motherhood can either make you or break you it doesn't matter whether you're 15 25 35 45 it you don't know how you're going to be as a mother and then you don't know how you're going to be juggling work commitments, family, all the other things that come with life. Um, so since I've been having dialogue with mums over the last couple of years about their experiences, I have no regrets at all. And I think that Stephen is actually really lucky because, like I said, we grew up together. We had this experience together Yes, there were some things I couldn't provide for him back in the day that I could for my children now. However, as I said before, Stephen didn't really want for anything. He was quite lucky. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate that by the time I got into my early 20s, I was earning a very good salary in London. And then, like I said, when I hear about these other mums that had children in the late 20s, if you're going to look at salary, they weren't earning the same kind of money as I was, but it wasn't just about the money. It was about creating opportunity and having experiences. And Stephen, I mean, he has some really good holidays from a very, very young age. And there's some mums that I meet on the playground I speak to even now that haven't even taken any of their children to the places that maybe my son went to. And I'm talking about I could afford that 20, 30 years ago. So... Yeah, I think sometimes I was a little bit hard on myself thinking, oh, maybe he did miss out a little bit. He did this, he did. But like I said, over the last two years, I've realised that actually, no, he was really lucky. And I hope (laughs) he doesn't contradict me in part two of this podcast. I really do hope not. But the reason why I wanted to talk about being a mum at such a young age was because it gave me this determination and drive from a very, very young age. And that's where my, I suppose, my photo mum journey started. My entrepreneurism started was way back then. And although I went into employee jobs, I'd always had this kind of mindset. And I think my grandfather infused that, if that's the right word. And I'd always, I I had like one full-time job and then I would have some kind of what we call side hustles now, which was kind of part-time stuff going on behind the scenes as well. Or I was studying. So I was always doing two or three things at once as well as raising a child on my own. And that gave my CV, I mean, that really did bump up my CV. So that when I did apply for these bigger jobs, these, these supervisor and manager jobs, you know, I was a manager by the time I was 26 and in the in the legal profession that I was in that was not really heard of but because I'd had all this part-time hustles or whatever you want to call it side hustles my CV looked very impressive so I just pushed myself forward I mean there were some jobs that I pushed myself forward for and I kind of sat back afterwards and thought 
they actually gave me the job. Did they really? And I had to pinch myself, but I proved my worth. You know, I went for it. I saw an opportunity. I applied, went for it, got it. So I think my lesson going back to my 15-year-old self that lied about having a baby at such a young age, there was no need to worry, Katrina, seriously. You had it. You, you, you had it. You had a lot of growing up to do, maturing to do, finding out who you are, but you did it. And I think that's a massive pat on the back for just surviving that kind of chapter of my life. But then, whoa, so roll on where I am kind of, well now, so say nine years ago when I had my daughter, everything changed. You know, I had this, an amazing career in London, really, really good job. And we planned Thea and and Bonsom. And that was weird in itself, having a 20 year age gap between baby one and two. But I did it. (laughs) And I was I I did go back to work after I had my daughter um, in my employee job for a bit. And I really loved that job. And I think that um, if it hadn't been so far away, if it hadn't been in London, I probably would have stayed in it, if I'm honest. But I always loved the idea of working for myself. I did it before I got the, the big girls job in London when I was in my early 20s. And I missed that, having that kind of, well, perceived control because obviously there's other challenges when you become self-employed. So I kind of wanted that. I wanted that kind of freedom to be able to pick when I worked and, and kind of move it around the children. So I dreamt of being self-employed and that's how things then progressed. So by the time I had my son Bronson, I was able to step away from that job because I'd worked on something for a couple of years. And then by the time that Bronson was born and I took maternity leave from there, I was able to then implement that business. So I've been in this business for 10 years as a photographer and videographer, and it's just grown from strength to strength to strength to strength. So I'm really happy about that. But I'm knackered. <laughs> like as an older mum, going back to that reflection of being an older mum and a young mum, like when you're young, you've got some challenges. Obviously, you've got some maturing to do, but you've got so much energy. And I think also when you're younger, you don't, there's a little bit more naivety about you and and stuff that's happening. So in regards to, I don't know, your child's health or things like that. And bear in mind, there wasn't the internet back then. So, you know, you put in your symptoms of if you're not feeling very well into Google search and you could have 101,000 things wrong with you. But back in the day when I was raising Stephen and I thought, oh, he's got a temperature, what do I do? I just rocked on with it. I just, just went with my guts. Whereas now parents are like, quick, go to Google. What could it be? Panic. So I think that over the years, um, the demands on mums, especially working mums, has changed. That, you know, we have to be that, we have to be given 100% in everything. Being a mum, running the house, working. Whereas when I was a younger mum, you know, it was just, I just got to get through the end of the day. (laughs) There was no strategy there was no nothing it was just work raise a child and hope at the end of the day that he's still alive (laughs) I mean I'm joking but that's what it was I didn't put all these extra worries or expectations on myself whereas now oh my god and and let's go back to the mum guilt so I mentioned earlier on didn't have that feeling of mum guilt raising Stephen because 
I guess I didn't make that connection. The, the brain didn't make the connection to his needs, I guess, because I was so focused on our needs as a, 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 as a twosome, I didn't think of his individual needs. Whereas now I've got older, as an older mum, so all I ever worry about is, you know, are the children doing all right? Is it this? And I have all this mum guilt about the hours I'm having to work and this, that and the other. And it's so draining. And a lot of people say to me, "Is it was it easier being a single mum to being obviously a not single mum and, and raising a child with, with somebody? And my answer is yes and no. There are, it's easy in some regards because you haven't got to then worry about someone else's opinion or conflicts when you're managing a child you know that discipline aspect of it or uh educating your children or you know what to do in your free time that there wasn't any oh what does dad think and blah 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 worrying about what your partner's attitude is on certain things it was all down to me I was mum and dad so so in that regard it was easier um but then obviously as an older mum with a partner with two children you've got less financial burden which is obviously nice so yeah I think with everything there's swings and roundabouts to whether you're raising a child on your own or whether you're a couple um I mean I could have this debate for for hours and hours and hours but I think the whole point of this conversation was to talk about how photo mum started where that grit determination the craziness came from was having a child at such a young age. And now I can stand here or sit here and say, I am proud that I had a baby at 15. Couldn't say that almost 30 years ago. (laughs) How times have changed. So that's Katrina from Photo Mum. I hope you enjoyed the show. And as I said, Stephen will be coming in on part two. Hopefully he doesn't contradict anything that I've just said. <laughs> I don't think he will. I think you'll be you'll be quite quite pleased. And like I said, we've grown up together. Stephen and I have grown up. We're very close, and um, it's funny because when we go out, people think that I'm like his older partner, or I don't know. It's either I look young or he looks extremely old, or something in between. <laughs> I don't know, but we do get mistaken for a couple sometimes, which is hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, photo mum, over and out. That's it. Thank you for lending us your ears. Be sure to subscribe and look out for the next episode. We're also on YouTube. If you dare to look at our faces, that is. Well, nothing left to say other than ciao for now. Oh, it's not finished yet. Um, Okay, try again. And ciao for now. Nope. Right, uh, wait, wait. Ciao for now. Nailed it.